Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. is it's already here. A few weeks ago, whoa, <laughs> it's already here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Just feel the energy. So a few weeks ago, um, we're talking about this um, notion of awakening, of enlightenment. It said that when the Buddha was enlightened, the ground shook, <laughs> the earth shook. Then they knew. <clears throat> Let us know if. Something happens to you during the talk. <laughs> so this word enlightenment also sometimes spoken of as awakening or freedom or liberation, all pointing to the, the same thing as it's sometimes spoken of in the in the texts, <clears throat> the sure heart's release, or the unshakable release of mind. <clears throat> Sometimes the word mind and heart can be used uh, interchangeably. <clears throat> Is really what the Buddha was wanting to share besides all the other brilliant and inspiring teachings that he offered, he wanted others to experience what he experienced under the tree. Not just feeling good, not just a sense of deep peace and calm, or joy, or rapture, not just a sense of wholeness and integrity, but the deliverance from suffering. That after six years of the most committed, dedicated, practice he experienced under that <clears throat> tree in, on the full moon in May, as it's said in the Theravadan tradition, where he knew he'd found what he was looking for and was so impacted and transformed that <clears throat> 
he then, after some consideration, wanted to share it with others and spend spent the next 45 years of his life sharing so that others could have that same opening that he said is the potential for for all of us. <clears throat> and in the teachings, there are different approaches to uh, this opening. One classical approach, which we spoke about a few weeks ago, is the... Um, the gradual process of purification where often through meditation one sees more and more deeply through the sense of self. The, the deconstruction of self. And that's what really the heart of this awakening is, where you see through this sense of separation, you see through a sense of me and other, and you have a, a different relationship to this body and mind called me, and a different relationship to everything around you, where there is no separation, where you see through that separation. The, the Satipatthana Sutta, the the discourse on mindfulness, which is <clears throat> basis of all Buddhist meditation, is really a, a discourse on the deconstructing of a sense of self, where you see the, uh, you look at your actual experience, your physical senses, your mind, and seeing that none of it is can be um, owned. None of it can we point to and say, this is, this is me, that you are this mind-body process that life is expressing as you or through you. Now, you can read about that or get the idea intellectually. Oh, okay, I'm a mind-body process. That's not me. Okay. But there's something different about the actual transformative shift of perspective that that becomes uh, an embodied understanding. And in one approach, one does a lot of meditation and little by little, through glimpses of seeing reality in this very direct way and investigating one's experience, um, seeing through the solidity of, of who you are, there is a progression of unfolding that I talked about last, last time, a few weeks ago, where you see the arising and passing of phenomena in very subtle ways and you see the dissolving of of that <clears throat> of everything around you and you see there's nothing to grasp onto that can give you lasting happiness 
and that holding on is is just more creating more suffering and you see through the the solidity and you see this this mind body process and cause and effect and lots of different insights that you can see along the way that are outlined in what's called the progress of insight and it's a very neatly outlined progression that uh, is not is not always um, the the actual way that it unfolds. It's not like one can have the textbook experience and say, "Oh, now I'm I'm supposed to be here for this this amount of time, and now I go to the next." next stage of insight. It happens in a very fluid way and often it can be a description of that um, that unfolding uh, in, a, in a classical way. But that's not the only way. And sometimes actually, I think I said this a few weeks ago, you can kind of bounce around and go have this understanding and this understanding not in that perfect unfolding. But that's one way where the, there is this process of purification that happens over time until there is, at some point, a kind of transcendent experience. And this is often called the transcendent model, where you are moving through different, um, different stages and you transcend the normal waking consciousness. And there is in that classical, this classical depiction, a, a cessation of consciousness. <clears throat> so it's very much path-oriented, and then there's a fruition of that, um, that process. But then there's a whole other... Um, depiction or presentation of awakening that's right there in the the discourses, in the suttas, um, where the Buddha is giving a talk and somebody, sometimes many people, sometimes it's, whoa, you see that? Lightning. Ah. Mm, tune into the energy. Free energy. <laughs> Where somebody is listening to a discourse and just in the transmission, the words land and open up the listener's heart or mind and can awaken just by that immediate transmission where the mind kind of shifts its understanding, its perspective, and opens up not to contract again in that same way. Not that 
it, it, now it's possible to have a, a deep opening, but it doesn't mean you're fully enlightened. But when you have a deep opening, say in one, uh, uh, in a in a profound glimpse of reality, sometimes it's shifting you in a way that you don't turn back, and you're just forward leading. In the classical uh, Theravadan model, once you have experienced the first stage of enlightenment, and there are four stages, um, there's, you don't slide back. And you can take this for whatever uh, veracity you want, but uh, just share in the classical teachings, you are the maximum your journey is is seven lifetimes before you become fully awakened. So a lot of times uh, the, the, the Theravadan monastics say, you know, go for the first stage, then there's no turning back. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't know about this, but uh, I suspend my disbelief, as sometimes it's said, and there might be something to it. But that transcendent model is then, uh, there's a whole other way of looking at it, and that is the possibility of freedom right here, right now, as people experienced when they were around the Buddha, uh, and that people experience even today. And it can happen anytime, anywhere. It can happen while you're eating a banana or sitting on your cushion or driving your car or just having a kind of a deep inquiry into experience. Eckhart Tolle, if you're familiar with with him, brilliant and realized being, we've shared it here, that happened with him after going through very depressing period, just asking him, he was so depressed, he was thinking about ending his life, and then he asked himself, oh, he said to himself, I can't stand myself any longer. And then he heard those words, and he asked, who is it? that's not standing myself? Who is it that can't stand myself? Am I the one who I can't stand? Or am I the one who is just disgusted with, with the one I can't stand? And it just kind of collapsed his mind and he saw through this whole sense of separation. That was when he was, I think, 29. Uh, and that was quite a while ago. And there's lots of different ways that it can be thought of in terms of a kind of uh, deep awakening. It can be a kind of the end or at least the cessation of greed, hatred, and delusion. But when it is an enlightenment experience or an awakening experience, there's, um, as I say, a, a radical transformation. I love this uh, 
this line by Oliver Wendell Holmes. He says, um, a mind stretched by a new idea does not shrink back to its original dimensions. And it's beautiful metaphor. Oh, you're kind of seeing things in a different way. Well, this is stretched and then um, radically transformed. There's a new paradigm. Mm. And whether or not you have had an experience, a transforming experience, whether it's the big E of enlightenment or something very impactful that makes you see yourself in a different relationship to to the world and to life and to others. Um, it's something to be honored. Nobody can know unless you're a Buddha whether, whether somebody else has an enlightened, an actual, the actual awakening of at least first stage or, or beyond. But we all know that we've had some landmark experiences when we've had them. Just asking you just to reflect for a few moments see if there if you've had some major shift for you whether or not it's enlightenment some major shift an impactful experience sometimes it can come from uh, from mm, meeting up with deep suffering sometimes it can come in a moment of just peace and awakening sometimes it can come when you're a little kid even can come anywhere that steers you in a whole new direction and opens up the heart and opens up the mind. I'm curious if you can recall having some such experience. Just raise your hand right now. Okay. Great. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, don't worry. There's hope for you. You know, this is not about uh, you know keeping score. And actually, sometimes we can have these experiences and not even remember them until afterwards. I remember when I was when I was a kid. And I, I write about this in in the book Awakening Joy in the last chapter. When I was a kid, at some point, I I reflected on <clears throat> the idea that I'm alive, and I just asked myself, what does it mean to be alive? And I had this concept of, oh, this is life trying to ask itself, what does it mean to be alive? And I kind of turned myself inside out and completely short-circuited my mind and uh, and i i started laughing and laughing and laughing and it was a button that i could press quite regularly that i'd forgotten actually about until years later i used to call it the big giggle <laughs> and that for me was as much a part of my spiritual 
inspiration as anything. It was, and I, this is a big practice these days, not just, just asking myself, what does it mean to be alive? In fact, let's just do it. Since I'll, I'm not guaranteeing anything here now, but just for the fun of it, um, as you relax and settle in, just really relax. And um, feel life as it moves through this mind and this body. Feel the vibration, feel the aliveness. And then just reflect on how life has come together as you. And there, life is watching itself through this form called you. And if you just remove the you and relax into the awareness knowing itself, There might be just a moment of freedom in there. Okay, you can open your eyes. <clears throat> now, in the um, in the Theravadan tradition, there are um, two main approaches in this, uh, this idea of enlightenment. The classical one, the, the gradual approach, and, off, and also in the um, Thai forest tradition, there is this already here approach where one could say uh, the imminent perspective where it's not out there, that it's available every single moment to us if we can settle into um, the the right perspective. And this is from let me see. This is from the Buddha. He says, "Luminous is this mind, brightly shining." but it is colored by the attachments that visit it. This unlearned people do not really understand, and so do not cultivate the mind. Luminous is this mind brightly shining, and it is free of the attachments that visit it. This, the noble follower of the way, really understands so for them, there is cultivation of the mind. But the idea is that the mind is already luminous. 
what we call the mind, not the thinking mind, not the conditioned mind, not the mind that's spinning its wheels, but the the knowing quality is already brightly shining. And enlightenment or awakening is simply putting down all concepts, all ideas, and just tuning into that mysterious fact that knowing that there's an awareness that you can't even take credit for or ownership of that shines through you. And as soon as you remove the me in the way, then you are just relaxing into what's already here. Now this is in the Thai forest tradition, and it's also um, in the um, in certain Zen traditions and in the um, uh, Tibetan tradition, the Dzogchen tradition, especially, where instead of trying hard to purify the mind, you just stop all trying. And in a deep relaxation and a deep wakefulness, you see what's already here. Mm. This is a a piece I've I've read from time to time. Mm. Happiness cannot be found through great effort and willpower, Gendon Rinpoche says, but is already here in relaxation and letting go. Don't strain yourself. There's nothing to do. Whatever arises in the mind has no reality whatsoever. Let the game happen on its own, springing up and falling back without changing anything, and all will vanish and reappear without end. Only our searching for happiness prevents us from seeing it. It's like a rainbow which you can run after without ever catching. Wanting to grasp the ungraspable, you exhaust yourself in vain. As soon as you relax this grasping, space is here, open and inviting and comfortable. All is yours already. Don't search any further. Don't go into the inextricable jungle looking for the elephant who's quietly at home. Nothing to do, nothing to force, and everything happens by itself. This is the the approach that says, stop trying, really stop trying, and see what's already here. When I studied with the uh, wonderful Advaita teacher Punjaji, who was a real inspiration for me. Not a, not a Buddhist per se, but a, a, a deeply wise, free being. <clears throat> He's a, a student of uh, Ramana Maharshi's. And uh, he was Gangaji's teacher, if, you, uh, if you've heard of Gangaji. And many of the the spirit rock teacher studied with Punjaji, he'd say, um, 
say, no place to land, there's no place to land, you know, stop while you're trying. Meditation wears out the mind until it's ready to give up. You know? <laughs> he says, as soon as you really stop trying, completely relax and be very, very present, life reveals itself. That's why, you know, I, I often say, as I said um, in the instructions tonight, just relax and be interested. That's really, that's really the, 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 the secret. Just relax and be really interested and stop doing anything and just move to a being mode and see who you really are. Mm. I want to read to you a, a little bit of um, this new book that's come out that I love and that I'm, I'm going to start telling everybody about. This is uh, Anam Tupton uh, Rinpoche's new book. Um, he wrote a wonderful book, No Self, No Problem. Uh, and this is his new book, The, Ima- the Magic of Awareness. It's, it's, I think it's, well, uh, I think it's maybe just about to come out, but he... And he has some. He's he has a uh, Sunday morning um, um, sangha uh, in Point Richmond. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is really good. It's beautiful. He says this. Mm-hmm. One of the central messages in the Buddhist tradition is that the quintessential nature of mind is already pure and immaculate. It is already enlightened. This is what is known in Buddhism as luminous mind. It's always residing in each of us as the indestructible dimension of who we are. Yet it is not to be mistaken as a sacred object or some kind of grandiose mystical entity. It can be immediately discovered when we stop entertaining concepts about it. The human mind has the propensity to often miss what is subtle and profound. It tends to be attracted to what is coarse. When it contemplates higher realities, it tries to figure them them out through beliefs and images. So this notion of luminous mind is very subtle. It can never be realized by theorizing about it or believing in it. On the other hand, we can be awakened to it in every instant we allow for it. It's already here. True realization in Buddhism is called the great seeing. It is where we can see our true nature in the same way we see the faces of our friends or the people sitting around us or our own hand in front of our eyes. Such realization is something we can invite in, not something that we can manufacture. We can manufacture many things, including beautiful, ecstatic spiritual experiences. But these beautiful experiences are transient, ephemeral, and lacking in love and true wisdom. One thing we cannot manufacture is enlightenment. There's something that is something we cannot manufacture. It actually help, happens in the realm of seeing our true nature. Then liberation happens. 
just a little more. Liberation is already dancing on the stage or the platform of our consciousness. How can we experience that right now? Is there a method? Actually, there are many methods. One method is expressed in this very old saying, rest in the natural state of mind. This method is powerful, dynamic, and transformative. Rest here does not mean simply ordinary rest. It doesn't mean just sitting on the sofa with our feet on the coffee table. Not that kind of resting, but a deep resting. Here resting means stopping all of mind's effort, including the effort of seeking, meditating, analyzing, trying to hold on to something. It isn't trying to get rid of or achieve something. We just let go of all of the mind's effort and be in the natural state of mind, and we don't have to figure out what that is. That's the good news. We're no longer the responsible agent who's going to make sure that enlightenment is going to rise on time. That's a big relief, isn't it? So at times we might have this glimpse and just see, oh, life is just expressing itself in this form. And it can be very profound. But you got to be careful not to think, oh, I saw it, I got it, cool, nothing more to do. And actually, this is where the, the notion of mm, sudden awakening and gradual cultivation comes in. There's a, a famous phrase by this Zen master, Chinul, who says, you can have a very deep, profound understanding seeing through this sense of self, but even if that's so, don't get deceived into thinking there's no more work to do. Even if you think this is, and even if it is, a true enlightenment experience, there's so much conditioning that's gone into our mind and our mind stream, not only in this lifetime, but if you can relate to countless lifetimes, that until all of those habits and tendencies of mind are cleaned up, you have to keep on reminding yourself of what you know. And so you can have a sudden deep experience, but if there's still greed or aversion or confusion in the mind, there's more work to do and the work is again and again remembering and seeing this perspective. You might see it, and in the first stage of enlightenment, you see, in the classical Theravadan model, you see through the belief, you no longer believe in the sense of self. But that's the first stage, all the way through the fourth stage, where you don't forget at all. So... If you forget from time to time, there's more work to do. 
And if you are facing in the direction of more freedom, just to know that it happens on its own, in its own time, and all we have to do is face in the right direction and do our part. And by facing in the right direction, meaning living an ethical life as a good foundation, being in harmony with with others around us, and remembering to just be instead of do. Be a human being instead of a human doing. And in the, in the meditation practice, one way to open to this perspective, instead of noticing objects of experience, like for instance, as you're noticing, maybe you're feeling the breath or hearing a sound or hearing a, feeling a sensation, noticing those different objects of experience. Oh, and there's the breath and there's a thought and there's a sensation and there's that. That's a very wonderful way to cultivate mindfulness. A whole other way that immediately can drop you into this other perspective is to be the awareness or to tune into the awareness that's doing the knowing. It's, it's like this. Uh, it's been a while since I've done this. Put your hand in front of you. Okay. And you can spread all your fingers. And just look and notice what you see. What do you see? Fingers, probably, right? Well, for a moment, just have a shift of figure ground and notice space with fingers in it. Just notice the space. And those objects are protruding through that space. It's a little like that. Okay, you can put your hand down. It's a little like that as instead of tuning into all the objects of your experience, you tune into the space of awareness that those objects are arising and passing in. Mm -hmm. So, actually, I'd like to just um, lead you in a little bit of a guided meditation that points to this way of noticing. And this is um, just a very short version of... uh, Joseph Goldstein's Big Mind Meditation, where everything is arising in the space of mind. The awareness is both spacious, but it is also wakeful and present. So, um, just for a few moments, notice some sounds. 
Just notice the sounds. The sound of my voice or the sounds outside. The loud sounds, the quiet sounds. The silence. And then let the mind, as you're doing this, be open, wide, clear like the sky. And just notice the sounds appearing and disappearing in that open space of mind. arising and passing on their own. And the awareness knows them quite effortlessly, spontaneously. Become aware of sensation just points of feeling like stars in the sky. No head, no shoulders, no back, arms or legs, just points of sensation like stars in the night sky. Keep the mind soft and steady. Allowing the sounds and sensations to appear and disappear in the open stillness of mind. and images, just be aware of them like clouds passing through the sky, just arising and vanishing in the open sky of mind. directly now at the nature of mind, at the knowing. The mind is clear, invisible like empty space. It has no color or form.
It is, but it doesn't exist. It's not solid. It's not something you can see or feel. There's knowing that happens all on its own. And everything coming and going in this empty space of wakeful awareness. Relax into that. Nothing that you're making happen or can take ownership of. Just become aware of awareness itself. Relax into that. That's your true nature. Shining through you in every moment. Nothing to do or make happen. Simply seeing your own nature Awareness shining through. Rest in that. Relax into it. Nothing to figure out. Nothing to make happen. Simply resting with wakefulness. Simply being life as it knows itself through this form. This is your true nature. 
available any moment that you stop and rest and look directly at the knowing. This is freedom. And we'll just close, since it's time to close, with wishing that everybody wakes up to their true nature. May all beings be liberated, know the highest peace, share their love well, and may our coming together have benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.